What up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, investing, with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to episode 28 with Willie Mandrell. We're here to help you crush it in real estate and all your goals. So guys, we're really excited to have Willie here today. So we're recording out of Warwick, Rhode Island, um, and Willie drove down from Boston, so welcome. I appreciate you guys having me. So this is this is kind of an outcome from recording with the Boston Real Estate Addicts. Willie actually had a pretty interesting influence <laughs> on their podcast, um, and they recommended that we sit down with him because he's got a wealth of experience. So we really hope that you guys like this one, and we'll dive right in. Sure, sure. So Willie, why don't you tell us about uh, Boston Wealth Builders to start out? Uh, Boston Wealth Builders is our is our uh, uh, group we just put together. It's uh, roughly twenty two hundred members right now. Um, it started um, simply because I was I was lonely, and th in this business, uh, as you as, as a multifamily investor, as somebody who try who's trying to build wealth through real estate, um, there is not there's not a lot of us out there doing this, right? And I mean, yeah. the kids I grew up with, uh, family members at the time, um, I was talking and, and reading things and talking about things that just weren't relatable to most people. So um, feeling really lonely, wanted to go out there and find other people who wanted to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, discovered Meetup.com put my own group together and uh, it, you know, it started off slow and then it just, it just skyrocketed at some point. I think the name is a little catchy as well. So it kind of, it kind of helps. Hell so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 2200 is huge. That, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a lot. But I, so I love that because exactly what you talk about, it is lonely, right? Is, and yeah. all your closest family and friends are like, you're nuts. Like, yeah. why are you going to do this? Why, yeah. why are you going to leverage real estate? And, we and, all, we all knew in the beginning. Right? Until you prove it. And then yeah. once you have like a, you know, like I said, your proven model, it's, you know, then people, and like I said, you, you, you can bring people along and show, kind of show them what you've been doing. And then it makes it a little bit easier. But when you're just kind of, you've read a couple of books I read, you know, I think it was the multifamily um, millionaire um, or the, excuse me, the millionaire real estate investor, Gary Keller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the one that kind of just like, you know, just took it to the next level for me. Um, retire rich, re retire young, retire rich was another one. Robert Kiyosaki series, yeah. uh, great book. And I'm just kind of like, this is what I got to do. This is what, this is what I want to do. And I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm all in. So yeah, Boston wealth business has been great. It's been a lot of good connections, um, met, you know, private money, um, you know, real estate partners, uh, agents, just everyone, you know, wholesalers, everyone through that, through that group has been absolutely uh, phenomenal from, in terms of my, uh, progress through this business. So when you started real estate, like what was the goal? Um, it was to um, build a business that, uh, well, I'll give you a little backstory about me. I was in corporate, you know, I, I went to, um, first of all, I'm a high school dropout. Um, it, weird kind of dynamic. I, I, I learned quickly. So I think it was, you know, when I was supposed to be in my sophomore year, I, you know, I, I got, it was working and I was like, you know, trying to progress and I'm like, you know, this isn't working, right? This isn't, I'm just like, how do I get, and everybody's like, you need high school education. So I ended up getting my GED not too long after dropping out of high school. And what's weird about it is continue, try to progress. And how do yeah. I get, how do I get to the next level? They were like, well, you need a college education. So I ended up getting my GED and going to college prior to, prior to when I would have been out of high school. Isn't that so, <laughs> so it's kind of, kind of right. weird thing. I mean, you know, I'm in the two year college and then um, I ended up graduating from Northeastern University in Boston. I went to a two-year uh, college, Massasoit, for the you know Boston people may be familiar with it, uh, um, out of Brockton, a couple campuses. I had the same strategy. Did you really? So everybody <laughs> on the podcast probably knows, like, oh, Jimmy graduated from Ohio State. Yeah. But when I graduated high school, my parents were like, listen, we can't really help you out unless you go to community college for a couple of years. Right. So I went to community college of Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. But so honestly, the biggest thing my dad always taught me 
it doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you finish. That's exactly right. right. So that's at the end exactly of the day, right. everybody sees that Northeastern degree, and that's what the corporate, that's, that's corporate. All that mattered. Yep, that's all that mattered. So, and then Northeastern, I mean, uh, Massasoit had a, uh, a transitional program as well. They kind of yeah. helped me getting to a four-year uh, degree. So got my, you know, education there. I was working in corporate for a little while. Um, and when the stock market crashed, 2007, 2008, housing market close to fall, 2010, I was, um, you know, in corporate and I just, I didn't like the idea. It'd be, to be completely honest with you guys, black men in corporate America and everything that I did, I had my series seven, my series six, I'm, you know, I'm going to these stockbrokers license, I'm sitting for my CFA exam. And as I would progress, there's always this, this feeling. And a couple of people actually joked about it as well. It was like, oh, we, we're meeting a quota. There's a, there's a certain, you know, demographic that needs to be in middle management or whatever. Right. And again, whether it was true or not, um, it still sits with you, right? Yeah. So my biggest thing or the motivation for being in this business, it was partly of how do I build something great where there's no affirmative action. There's no need for, to, to, I, I know that what I put in uh, or what I get out of this business, I, you know, I, I have to put in what I get out or, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, so, at the end of the day. I love that. So we've got this, we have a, so at Lion Property Management, we have a client based out of Manhattan mm -hmm. and he, he came from nothing, became a corporate attorney, has a ton of money, but he's kind of like taking me under his wing. Like yeah. he, he views me as a son. I think he's a great client. So I appreciate the relationship, but he's like, how do, how do you like your, your job compared to corporate? And I told him, I said, the biggest thing is that I can control my own destiny. Right. So if I want to work right. 80 hours a week to get me further ahead, I can. That's absolutely right. Because guess what? In corporate, even if you're putting in 60 or 80, if you're not meeting like that quota that they want, or if there's not a spot for you to fill, right. you're not going to get there as fast as you could if you're doing something on your own. That's absolutely right. And I, I felt like I was working harder, you know, as hard, if not harder than the people that were around me. I was, you know, I'm doing, I'm very ambitious person from the very start. I'm taking all these different exams and I'm, I'm, I'm studying and I'm, my, my head is all, you know, constantly in a book. And I just like, I wasn't feeling the reward from that. Right. right. So I felt like I, I wanted to get in business. I knew a little bit about real estate. I'm reading about, you know, the, the, I don't believe in the stock market any longer as you know, I guess that is the thing is like tumbling down. Um, I, I have a true belief that people are always going to need a place to live regardless. Yeah. Right. So um, real estate was just it. It made a lot of sense. My grandparents were uh, in real estate as well. My, my grandmother, um, quick story about my grandparents. They moved up. Uh, my grandmother moved up from Macon, Georgia, fifties, um, early fifties. Um, she's got a sixth grade education. She's got, you know, a couple hundred dollars in her pocket. Um, she goes to the South end. This is before the Prudential. This is before Copley. Yeah. This is before all, you know, uh, all those things start happening. She buys this rundown brownstone on West Newton street, yeah. um, 50 grand, 55,000. She rents out rooms, um, and as the market starts to tick up, she slowly starts to kick people out and, you know, um, you know, kept it as a single family. The Prudential Center goes up. Copley Street becomes what it is. Talk uh, about Newberry house hacking before Do, house hacking was so even an I, idea, right? Like, talking about the accidental millionaire before yeah, that was even yeah. a book. That, that's you know, amazing. that's, that's, you know, it was a crazy. And when I came along, she, it, it skipped a generation. My father got mixed up in the drugs and a whole bunch of other things. She, she felt like she handed too much to him. She paid for him to go to school. She you know, bought him a couple multifamilies and he just kind of just, you know, kind of ruined that. So when me and my brothers came along, she basically said, you know what, I'm going to, uh, you know, the teach a man the fish versus give a man a fish type of deal. Right. So she had learned her lesson. It's one of my favorite um, quotes. Yeah. And she, she had, uh, she just showed us, like she told us, look, I'm, you know, I'm black woman from the South moving up to Boston, sixth grade education. Look what I've been able to build. Right. You're going to go to college. You're going to have much more resources than I have if you get into this business, you should be able to build something great. And that kind of sticks with me every day. It's I mean, it's if she, if she can do what she did 
um, you know, on the education, the resources that she had, especially at the time in America that she was doing it, then there should be no reason that I can't do something great in this business. And that kind of stays with me every day as well. So I love that perspective. I love that. That's good stuff. So you have the background from your grandparents, right? Had a great start there. How do you get started coming out of corporate? Um, coming out of corporate, that, that FHA program, you know, I, 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 I preach that, man. I mean, like I said, I, uh, so I'm, you know, and I don't, I don't want to sit here and, you know, encourage mortgage fraud by any stretch on you guys' <laughs> podcast. Right. But, you know, I feel like you should try to go out. So I'll, a couple of different things, right. I, I got my, my first, my first multifamily FHA loan. Um, my girlfriend, um, at the time, now my wife, we'd been together for a while. Um, we knew that we were going to get married. And even if we didn't, it still made financial sense. I lent her some money. We scraped some other money together from a friend. She went and bought an FHA, you know, multifamily that she's still never seen the inside of today. Um, (laughs) So I know some local investors who we shared this with, but essentially, and actually I'm not going to steal your thunder. You keep going. No, no, no. It's intelligent, right? So if you know, if you, if you have a partner that one supports you in real estate and two will buy into the FHA strategy, that can level up. And it's not just one, three family a piece. If you can prove that, um, you both are upgrading bingo and legitimately (laughs) the upgrade is a letter of explanation bingo. And it's just going to be somewhat reasonable. That's it. And then before you get married, you can have multiple multifamilies for very low money down and live in a, ball a house or a very nice house yeah. or however old you were you were doing this so so to to speak to exactly to your point we didn't do this because we didn't want to extend it we we went we took it a step further right we okay. went and bought um so it was three and a half percent down for each one of those multis two triple deckers in boston um and we went and bought a single one now five percent down so i mean that's, that's something like we just you know bought seven units you know with very right. you know very little money out of pocket but you're absolutely right you can take now, you're upgrading your lifestyle. You can take, go from a three. I always encourage every, all of our clients on the real estate side, anyone I talk to, go buy the three first. Even if you're like, hey, I really don't want to be a landlord. I really don't, you know, or, you know, I don't want to live with other people just now. Once you go buy that single family, it's going to be hard to go back the other yep. way, right? So yep. you could take a three and you're right. And a letter of explanation, hey, I'm moving to Rhode Island or I'm moving, you know, a little bit, 20 minutes away from my job. Um, I'd like to go buy this two family now um, in the next, neighbor, the next town over. You know what? Things have changed. I, you know, I just had a kid. Um, now my, you know, I don't really want to live with tenants up above me, or but I'm gonna go buy this single family now. And with three and a half percent down, five percent down, or three percent down, you can very little money down, accumulate a nice little portfolio. So that's that's typically how we got started until we got stuck. So the funny letter <laughs> of explanation that I wrote on my second one because I leveraged a similar strategy right. was that. Well, one, they upgraded the town, but they wanted a reason. Yeah. And my reason was my girlfriend wanted bigger closets. Yeah. I mean, as long as it, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that yeah. is what was on the letter of explanation, which I was like crazy, it. but it worked, right? Yeah, yeah so. no, it's just, it's just understanding. And I tell people, people always like, oh, I'm not ready yet. It's like, you want to educate yourself as much as possible about the loan programs that are out there and the resources out there. And, and then you'll be ready a lot sooner than you think if you just know what's available they to you. They say they're not ready because they're often looking for the perfect house. That's right. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, Jimmy and I, all the time, we talk about that the most important thing you can do to start out is a house hack right now. Yeah. It's absolutely. the best way to do it. And uh, we had a whole episode on house hacking. Jimmy bought a four, then upgraded to another four, and then he had a single family. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's a nice way to, nice way to start. But eventually, you do get, start, um, get stuck because they're not going to you become an investor, right? There's only so much. I mean, you look at the taxes right. and you're like, well, okay, you got a couple schedule E's here that are, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, what are yeah. you trying to do? So right. um, from there, you know, I, um, the bigger pockets, you discovered the, uh, the Burr strategy. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest things I've ever come across in the world. I yeah. mean, it is like, you know, I'm sitting here and 
I try to explain it to people this way, and I, I, I hope, hopefully I'm articulating it. You can, you know, there was like, a, you have to put 20% down now, right? So 20% down, you're buying your equity. Yeah. Whereas the Burr strategy, you're, you're creating your equity. And that's, that's the way I look at it is, right, is how do you create 20% and go back to our 25% and go back to a right. lender and say, I already have that equity within the building. I want to refinance it now, um, pull my cash back out or, or, or um, you know, pull the private lender's cash back out and yeah. move on to the, to the next, you know, uh, next property. Um, so that's what we're doing now. We just do a ton of those in Boston. They're becoming a little bit more difficult to find uh, with the market, you know, the way it is right now. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Providence, Rhode Island, um, you know, same deal, but, um, but love the strategy. And like I said, I'm into maybe three or four of them right now, you know, with that same, same exact uh, mentality. I want to talk about what you touched on in terms of buying your equity. Right. I remember I talked to some investors like, well, I'll put more money down and it'll cash flow better. You get them, you're not getting good leverage on your money. That's right. At all. And that's the name of the game. You right. have to, and I'm not saying to over lever by any means, right. but you have to get proper leverage on your dollars so you continue to lever up. And then that's how you truly build wealth. Right. Right. Cause I mean, you, you find that a lot in Boston as well. Guys will, you know, with, you know, big paychecks, big, you know, I mean, I'm a doctor, I'm a, you know, you know big time attorney. I'm just go down to back Bay and drop a half a million dollars on a, yeah. a, a condo in back Bay. Probably a one bedroom, condo oh, a one bedroom right? condo for, that's for 500 grand. And, and I'm, and I'm only losing like three or $400 a month. I'm like, that's not an investment, bro. It's, right. it's, spec, it's pure speculation. You're basically right. just sitting around waiting for the market to increase. Yep. And again, the likelihood in back Bay that it is, but it's not, it's not an investment in my opinion. My opinion is something that, produces you money from day one, you know, that's yeah. so, so you're absolutely right. It's managing um, that leverage. So you're not over leveraged. You're not, you know, getting yourself into financial trouble. Uh, but at the same time, levering up enough where you can, you know, continue to build. So that yeah. concept's a little dated. It reminds me of like the early 1980s yeah, that's when, just, when people were yeah. losing money on purpose in order to offset their income and yeah. stuff like that. People still do it though. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So how do you get started a market like Boston where prices are so inflated? right? It's, it's expensive. It is. It is. I, and I tell people all the time, I mean, the, the number one, you know, number one is the partner. You have to find a, you know, somebody who's been in the business, uh, you know, another real estate investor, um, and then go out there and look for deals. The hardest part, and when you're in the business, when you start in the business, you have more time than money. And then it flips, right? You have more time, money than time. And <laughs> so everybody listening that typically listens to our podcast, they're going to think that this was a setup. Bring Frank says yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's true though. I mean, you know, said you're, you, you're that balance flips eventually, right? Yeah. I'm in a position right now where I have, you know, more money and more resources. I wouldn't say more money because I leverage the hell out of myself. Right. <laughs> I would say more yeah. resources than time. Um, so what I'm trying to find are other individuals, you know, that are fresh into the game that can hit the streets, that can drive for dollars, that can door knock, that can make cold calls, that can find good opportunities. I have no problem bringing somebody into the business and saying, you don't, I've done this plenty of times. You don't have to have any money, no, no cash whatsoever of your own. I just need a good opportunity. I can bring you in. We can find the private financing. I can hold right. the, I can hold the long-term note and give you a percentage of the equity. Yeah. Um, and then from there we can, you know, we can wait a couple of years, we can cash flow, we can refinance out. And then you, now you have some cash, but I mean, you can essentially build a nice portfolio uh, with no, none of your own money. If you're good at finding opportunities and low, you know, like I said, locating and, uh, and securing those deals. People don't understand that with real estate. Like when they think of stocks, you almost have to have money yeah, to do stocks. Absolutely. But uh, on bigger pockets, uh, last year I had a viral post. It's called "So What's Holding You Back in Real Estate," uh -huh. and the summary is that I call it the three-legged stool approach. You need to have either time, money, or experience. And if you're strong on one of those, you can do well on real estate. And on the very top to hold that together is networking. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, that's the key. And I tell people just to get out there and people always like, well, what, but what if somebody says, yeah, and they want to sell their house. Well, I don't have any money. You don't have to have any you, money. You just lock really don't. I mean, no, I lock really up properties don't. all the time. It, it, it blows, you know, uh, people's mind. Um, and I know some of these, you know, I could, I'm sure some of my friends are going to end up listening to this thing. But I tell them all the time. I'm like, you know, just go lock it up. I don't have the cash. You don't need the cash. It takes a thousand dollars to lock the thing up. I was gonna. Yeah, oh, yeah. You said a thousand. I was yeah. gonna say get a hundred dollar bill. You're good. <laughs> you could. You could do that yeah. as well. I mean, it all depends on. Again, if you have that direct relation with the seller, if you're direct, yeah. uh, an agent's probably not gonna let you do that, yeah. right? But if you're directly to the seller, then then absolutely, you could. What the hell do they know? Lock it up with a hundred bucks, put it under contract, and then you know, like I said, we can figure out the deposit. And we have ten days for inspections. We have right. another, you know, thirty days to forty days to. To, to close and I think that's plenty of time to go out there and, and they push the back, right? So yeah. some people are like, well, what if they push back? Just tell them, listen, we're an established real estate company. This yeah. is what we do day in and day out. And we always put down a hundred dollars, but we do increase our deposit once yeah. we lock up financing 10 days on the road, like yeah. something simple. Absolutely. Right. You just need time. Got to buy yourself time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's all it is. And you can figure it out over time. I mean, I have so much, <laughs> so, I have so much crap locked up right now that I'm just kind of like, I have no idea where the finance comes from, but I know that they're good deals, right? If I'm right. buying something 65 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar, I'm going to figure it out. You know, like I said, there are people out there that, um, work 70, 80 hours a week. Right. And they right. know that they need to put their money somewhere solid. They need, right. they know that, the stock market is great when it's great, but it's horrible when it's horrible, right? right. And they know that real estate is always going to be something that's needed. Um, networking and finding those people and, 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 and sharing information and, and having and teaching them um, about opportunities is the best thing that you can do. And like I said, you'll have more money um, than you can, you know, what to do with, you know? So, yeah. you know, I recently, um, you know, the, the, the 401k thing, or excuse me, the self-directed IRA thing is not new, um, but it's just, you know, uh, teaching people, how to use that money that's sitting around in an old 401k. I left, I left this job and now I'm at this job and I have 80 to hundred thousand sitting over at this old, you know, 401k, take that money, put it into a self-directed IRA and now you can invest in real estate. And most people, most of society doesn't know that, but um, sharing those little tidbits can, you know, like I said, you can have a nice pool of uh, private money for yourself. Especially if it's sitting in some bond fund. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So, so, uh, we talked a little bit about before the podcast, but could you talk us through something difficult you've dealt with lately in your real estate business and how you handled it? <laughs> yeah. So um, we talked about a little bit about, um, uh, I've had in 13 years, I've had two tenants pass away. Um, and uh, most recently. That's a really good track record. Sorry to jump. Yeah, is it? Is it? Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Better than I've heard from most. Yeah. yeah so, so um, it, what's funny is I, you know, uh, a friend of make fun of me just raised just like, man, draw company where, you know, where people go to die. And I'm like, well, that's only two and 13. I think that's, that's not, too, not too bad, but um, it's a difficult situation. We're just coming out of the, the holiday season. Um, and this is something that happened just recently. I'm going to say a few weeks ago. So prior to Christmas, prior to the new year. Um, and it's a very difficult situation when someone is mourning um, and they are the, or excuse me, uh, the primary um, leaseholder. Yeah. If I, if I will, passes away and then you have other occupants were in the, within the, within the unit who do not have the capacity to, you know, uh, continue paying and everything else, but they're mourning the death of this person. They're celebrating the holidays. It's a new year. It's a very t- a difficult time to, uh, you know, I really struggled with what do I do? How long do I give them? How much, you know, how much time do I present, you know, uh, how much time do I give them before we, we talk about, you know, uh, right. alternative living yeah. situations and everything else. So it's been a, a, a very difficult time. I, I luckily, 
I lucked out and as of a, a few days ago, um, the tenant has moved out. They came to me and basically said, wow. you've been great to us. It's been, they've been, they're with me for 10 years. You've been great to us. We understand. Um, we have some other people that, you know, some family members that we can live with. And I, you know, I was really stressed about the situation, but end up, you know, um, coming to a, uh, you know, a peaceful resolution pretty quickly right. on this one too, without me losing months of rental income as well. That so, really is fast. So you think, yeah, we're, yeah. you know, was it eight or nine days into January here right. as we record this? Right. And this right. happened like kind of right before Christmas. Yeah, less than a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah less than, like less than a month to turn it over. So yeah, it, much it was quicker uh, than going the court process. Too. Much quicker, and that's I'm I'm sitting there talking to my wife, and I'm like, you know, what do we do? Are we gonna go, or do we do we end up going to the eviction? She's like, we're not we're not there yet. And I'm like, I agree that we're not here there yet, but we need to kind of prepare for uh, the worst. Um, well, and plus, you said they're also. Um, you told us before the podcast they're a little behind too. They were. They were also yeah. uh, three months behind um, in rent as well. Um, so it was, a, it was a difficult situation. It was like, I'm not, I have no intention of going after them for back rent. Right. Uh, you know, some landlords would, um, I have no intention of doing that. I just don't, I want to minimize, minimize my losses moving forward. So I think that's an intelligent move because there's value in having had that tenant for 10 years right. in terms of that steady income. And you haven't experienced the vacancy costs related to that. Right. So rather than being kind of penny wise and dollar dumb to chase right. the additional three months, it happens. And, that, and that's right? the only time that you would, you know, most people look at me like you had a tenant that was 90 days behind. Why would you 10 years of relationships? Right. I mean, the place had in, um, it, it, there was some deferred maintenance there. Um, they yes. were, you know, they yeah. were very peaceful people. They were, they were, they caused very little, you know, tension with other tenants. It was just, um, I, it wasn't, you know, something that I do on a regular basis, but when you have a tenant that's been with you for 10 years, you yeah. kind of let some things, uh, you know, go. And she was actively trying to catch up every month. We, she never hid from me. She was never dodging me. There was always a conversation yeah. of, you know, how do we, how do we make this work? Right. right. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm grateful that the family was, um, able to, to, to mourn. I give, we gave them that time to mourn. Um, but then we were able to, you know, kind of go our separate ways in a, in a pretty, um, you know, quick fashion. So what I think is awesome about that story is that, um, especially for people that aren't in real estate and people that aren't used to having money around, uh, a lot of people think the average uh, landlord is heartless. Right. 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 You right. know, and I mean, so true. You, right. you yeah. might, you might hear like one or two stories and those get blown up as being the big stories, but there are a lot of, um, tenants you try to work with and, uh, right. especially, you know, sometimes it might cost you a couple bucks, but you try to do the right thing. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, 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 um, I was reading an article the other day too. And, um, in, in, in the city of Boston, we we have a little bit of a housing shortage and the, uh, the mayor is calling for more units and, and a bunch of things like that. And there was this Facebook post about this woman who was just like, I just kind of blew my mind that to speak to exactly what you guys are talking about. People think that landlords are, are bad people. And she was like, Oh, the big bad landlord. Uh, and I remember her posting something that said it was along the lines of, uh, it's crazy because I think my landlord is actually charging us more than what his mortgage is. And I was like, of course he is. I was like, that's kind of the point. <laughs> you know, if I was, if I was breaking even every month, it would just be like, you know, what is the point of me doing this? Right. You know, like, it's why, not a charity. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not a charity, you know? So I, yeah. yeah. And she was like, it's crazy. Cause I think he's charging us more than what his mortgage is. And like, you have like the, you know, occasional landlord that'll call up on there just like, LOL, like, yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> yeah. point, you know? So, but um, I mean, the truth is most landlords didn't really come from anything. 
Right. Right. We right, rub right. the pennies together to get to build what we have right. in order to be able to charge more than what our mortgage is. Right. 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 What do they say? 80% of millionaires in the United States right now are first generation rich. I believe right. it. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, like I said, we'll, you know, like I said, we're, we're there. We've hit the million dollar mark, you know, a few years ago, you know, and it, one of the things that I always talk about, not to get sidetracked, but as people understand, and especially in this business, it, it, it's a snowball effect. It builds on itself really quickly. I mean, this stuff is if you're, if you're looking to, to build wealth and do something, real estate's a great business because I mean, you can go from, you know, hundred thousand to 500,000 pretty quickly in terms of a net worth and 500,000 to a million really quickly. And then from a million to two, it seems like it's just overnight, you know, it's just yeah. uh, absolutely, it starts, it's, snowball. It, it starts to snowball. It builds yeah. on itself. I mean, um, it's the, for those, you know, not familiar with, you know, compound interest or the compound effect. Um, that's, that's what real estate is, you yeah. know, I mean, you know, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And the, the thing I love about this business is anybody can do it. You know, I mean, people think that, you know, landlords are bad people or you have to, you know, people often, you know, think that, you know, oh, you're a smart guy. No, I'm not really. <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I've read it a couple of times, but I definitely read it recently. And I feel like if you are overeducated, that's where you're going to have more of a yes. struggle. Yes. You have to be more action oriented. Yes. Recognize that there are going to be failures and you need to leverage those as learning opportunities. Yeah. And as no, cliche as that sounds, that's, that's no, what it is. I, I agree. It's, you know, that, uh, you know, paralysis by analysis, or, yep. you know, like I said, people just overanalyze even some of the investors that I work with, you know, I'm like, this is a pretty simple one guys. <laughs> like, you know, I, I do is that, if you can add, subtract, and divide, you can yeah. buy multifamily real I mean, estate. Literally, yeah, I bring it back to my grandmother, you know, sixth grade education. She literally said, my, my expenses are this and my income is this. And as long as my income exceeds my expenses, you know, by a certain comfortable amount, I mean, that's, that's I all the that business I bet she was is. charging more than her mortgage amount. Right? I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going to use that was. one for a while. <laughs> well, well, you keep telling your grandma's story. It reminds uh, me of, uh, I think it's called Nebraska Furniture Mart or something. Okay. Uh, Warren Buffett owns it. Oh, and right. uh, he bought it from this 90 year old woman. She was a Jewish immigrant. She had no school education at all. She could not read or write. And she built a business that he, she sold to him for like $80 million. I believe it. I That's believe incredible. It. Yeah. yeah. I'll, you have to look it up. I, I sh I've shown it before to the kids at school. So we appreciate you sharing your experience. Um, Frank has a couple questions that he always fires away at the end. So uh, we'll dive into those and start sure. to wrap this episode up. Sure. There you go. So um, let's see. If you have a newbie looking to learn about uh, real estate and investing, what would be the main thing you tell them to do right now? The, the main thing I, I would say newbie, um, you know, listen to these, listen to podcasts. Look, I mean, there is so much information out there on, you know, so many aspects of hop on bigger pockets, listen to, you know, uh, cash flow Kings, listen to, you know, the real estate addicts. You're going to learn a lot from just the people that are out there sharing information. There's some weird, re for some weird reason that people, people think that real estate, you know, is like this, this like secretive thing, like all these, like you have to like, there's a trick to it. There's like, there's this, you yeah. know, a for, secret formula that um, only, you know, a few percent, you know, a small percentage of us know it's, it's not, it's, it's really, really um, simple actually. And I just go out there and just listen to as many people as you can network uh, as much as you can. Most of the stuff that you're going to learn um, is going to be from other people who have been in the business, you know, so just get out there and then, and then just hit the streets. Like we just talked about, you know, door knock right. and look for deals. I mean, that's really, what you're going to learn. You can learn a lot from us sitting here and having this conversation, but we're going to learn a lot even more from actually just going and diving into the business. You You've know? got to take the action. You got, you have to take action. So just get in, um, talk to as many people as you can get to as many networking. You're, you're going to sacrifice some Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights and Thursday oh, yeah. nights, get yourself out there. Um, and just, you know, and just meet people and shake hands and 
most of those networking meetings that you go to, everyone's just as nervous and as new to the business as you are. Um, just go up to people and I, I guarantee you, like I said, something or something will come from it. So Perfect. One of the things I love about real estate is the concept of how investing is a team sport. Yeah. There are, it's a little different than a lot of the other industries, but even today I had three phone calls from people that are like, I know you're super experienced. I know you have all this money. I know you have all this. I don't want to bother you. It's like, give me a call, uh, you know? Right. It's like, I'm willing to sit down. I have lunches all the time. I had coffee with someone this morning, always learning new things, networking, stuff like that. I would, I would push back on you just a little bit on Go that. Here, here's what I'm going to say though. If for those newbies out there, um, Frank is experienced. He's got, he's got, he's a busy guy. Um, do this when you when you're <laughs> I don't know the, the the geographics of Rhode Island that that well but let's say I'm in Boston and I want to sit down with you I'm not going to say Frank hey I'm in Boston and you're in Rhode Island can you meet me halfway that that's I've had that happen to me so many times right can we sit down at a Panera Bread you know in Attleboro and you know I, I don't know any towns between and no if, if I'm trying to learn from you, if I know that you're the more experienced investor, hey, Frank, can I take you out for lunch? It's on me, and I'm going to come to whatever day that you're available, and I'm going to uh, take you out, and we're going to sit down, and I'm just going to pick your brain if you don't mind, right? Yeah. And I'm going to do it on your time. And people will say, well, I work nine to five. Well, apparently you love your job then. Because if you're, <laughs> you're, you're, like, I, you're, 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 you're I can't tell you I can't, how many I, times. I skipped out lunch to go meet with an investor. It, 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 yeah. it, it absolutely blows my mind. They want, someone wants Frank to, to take away from his family on a Saturday or Sunday to go yep. sit with, down with them because they work a nine to five. Take a day off from your job, right? Let's just put it this way. If it means that much. If it means that much to you. If you make $250 a day or $200 a day, take that day off, take a vacation off because Frank is going to show you how to make $100,000 in the stuff that he's going to you know, talk yep. to you about, right? So that make, it makes... I'm going to sacrifice $100,000 because I don't want to lose two. That yeah. just makes no sense to me, right? So that, that's, that's where I would push back on you because I've had so many people, that. hey, I'm on the North Shore, Boston. I know you live on the South Shore. Can we meet somewhere downtown? Like, yeah, downtown where it's going to cost me $45 to the park. park. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. and, then, yeah. and, then, and, then we're, and then you're going to, what, buy me a coffee at Starbucks? Thanks, guys. <laughs> really, you know, it makes no sense. So understand value. At least value. Make a Cafe Nero, right? No, I'm just exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> give, give me the $6 coffee at least, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then you didn't even ask me if I even drink coffee on top of that, you know? Right. So, you know, yeah. ask me where I want to go and where, you know, the things that, what's convenient for you, you know, if it's during the middle of the day, then take some time off from work, you know? So, yeah, I would say, yes, if you're a newbie, make sure that you're respecting that person's time and, and valuing that person's time. And, and, you know, the burden of hand too, the bush type of thing, you want to make sure that you're not you know, I don't want to lose $200 from this day off. So I right. can, you know, and then, but I want Frank to teach me how to make a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars in real estate. It makes no sense. Right. So, right. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Next question. Are you a book reader? I am. I mean, I try to, I try to consume something. I'm, I'm getting to a point, this may sound horrible, but I'm getting to a point where I've read so much, you know, real estate stuff and, and, and business stuff that I'm getting to a point where I'm just kind of I'm getting a little bored. I'm no, that's not like, bad because it? This, this happened to me two years ago. So yeah. I picked up like a bunch of psychology stuff and some other stuff more yeah. recently. And it's just like, really, it, it's still interesting, but I got to that point. Yeah. I got to that point where I'm just kind of like, you're not really saying anything, you know, new to me now. Right. But no, I'm, I'm a big believer. I mean, the mil I, I, books out my personal endorsement, the real estate uh, millionaire, the millionaire real estate investor, Gary Keller. Read anything Gary Keller writes. He's a brilliant, Absolutely. you know, the uh, one thing. Yeah, the one thing. Great, great, absolutely great book. Um, uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, Four Hour Work Week. Yep. Um, great book and teach you, you know, the business mindset and many vacations and, um, you know, like I said, some of the things that um, talk about with virtual assistants and everything else. 
Um, what's another one? And then retire Robert Kiyosaki. Obviously, if you haven't read Rich Dad Poor Dad, you're probably not too serious about this business, right? Seriously, so, right. right? So, yeah. um, and then if you want to take it up a level, it's the retire young, retire rich. It yeah. takes it to the kind of the next level. Um, absolutely love that book, and it's one of the ones that. Um, I would say the millionaire real estate investor got me into the business. Retire young, retire rich is the one that said, yes, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And this awesome. is, this is the key right here. So, awesome. so yeah, absolutely. Love, love reading. Um, you know, it's just trying to right now, trying to find the right things. I think I'm on the fringe right now. I'm reading more about uh, marketing tactics, um, public speaking, um, just random, you know, things that are associated with the business, but not, yeah. don't hit it directly been there. on the head. I read, uh, okay. Russell Brunson's, uh, expert secrets or something recently. Yep. No, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of things out there that, you know, that are, uh, that encompass the business. Um, but don't hit it directly, you know, yeah. like I said, on the head. So absolutely. But as you know, it's about that growth mindset versus right. people that have read one book and say, okay, I know everything. Let's go out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So if somebody want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach out? Instagram, Facebook, email, yeah. Instagram, what's it look like? Uh, Instagram, we're at, at Boston Wealth Builders. Um, BostonWealthBuilders.com is our, our real estate investment group. Um, you can join. It's free. Um, our, most of our meetings don't cost anything. We have a ton of sponsors that come through and, um, you know, like I said, pay for appetizers, pay for drinks. Uh, we try, we're not just, we try to get outside of the city as well. We're in, you know, Cambridge, we're, you know, south of the city, Quincy, Braintree, uh, we're north of the city, um, Somerville, you know, uh, and a couple other neighborhoods as well. So um, look at our schedule, you know, come, you know, meet there. You can also find me at Willie at Mandrelco.com. So W-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-N-D-R-E-L-L-C-O.com. Perfect. Um, and then before I get off, I just want to give a quick shout out to my brothers, if I could. Hell yeah. Uh, they're Hell trying yeah. to trying to buy up everything. And uh, Peter and Kenny trying to buy up everything. And uh and fed hill down here so we're trying right. to <laughs> trying to get down here and uh, i'm willing to meet and, up with them anytime yeah absolutely and trying fun. to trying to learn from you guys i actually sent them your your last episode um and told them to listen in because like i said we're trying to trying to cash flow kings down in uh i like in Rhode that. Island as well so, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So. absolutely so if you guys like this one if you could leave us a review on our podcast that would really help or share it so click the share button at the bottom of that screen send it over to a friend that wants to get started or needs a little bit of extra help in real estate and we're here for you guys. So we hope you like this episode and cheers to your success.